What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Cruiser Radio, episode number eight. I'm your host, Wesley Hill. Join with my co-host, Mr. Hunter Harris, intern Jace Rump on the podcast, and our local gunslinger, Mr. Terry Shores. This man is a big duck hunter, a big buck hunter, and I just, there's no else way to put it except for the fact that this man's life is hunting. I'm excited to talk to you guys about him. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? What up, man? Not much. What are you guys into? College. College. Terry, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Been a good day. Dude, it's been a great day. The, uh, we're going to get into it here in just a second, too. The uh, Mr. Co-host, Hunter, you got uh, any updates about season so far? Killed anything? I haven't killed anything. Haven't been much, to be honest with you, but cameras are hot. Yes. Right now. Yes, I, I think it's on. Dude, I definitely think the rut started. Oh, I, I 100% think it has. Dude, I've got a lot of photos of different bucks fighting on camera. Nothing big, but right. But still, I mean, a lot of action going on. Oh it, yeah, it, while we're in the field and while we're oh yeah, I got away I mean, from I got the field. A bunch of videos of bucks and those running. Yeah, dude, I've got so many. What about you, Jace? Uh, been a little bit, not as much as I like, but I'd uh killed a doe. I guess in three weeks, three weeks ago. Um. Yeah, I'm going back down there uh, Tuesday mm-hmm. and then headed to Kentucky Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So should be fun. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, dude, Terry, we had a hell of a morning. Yeah, was, yeah it doesn't get much better than that. Literally. The, it, the Well, there was one way that I got better, but yeah. I'm, I'm okay with what happened. Yeah. So um, we'll be back. Yeah, no, we will. We will. Hopefully, muzzleloader starts for us this Friday. Woo-hoo. I'm excited. Literally just got a muzzleloader right before the podcast. That's all right. I'm excited, dude. It's fun, man. Muzzleloader's my favorite. Is it really? It is just because the time that it happens in Tennessee is usually prime time, rut-wise. So is it one week or two weeks? It's two. Yeah, two. weeks. Okay. And then rifle starts. Yep. Well, I think there's a week in between that's archery only. Yeah, archery only. And Mm -hmm. then we roll into rifle. Oh, that's awesome. But most of the time by rifle, it's about wrapped up, if not done. Yep, the peak the, two weeks or those, those two weeks of muzzleloader. Because me and my dad were talking this weekend, and we were like, man, by the time that most people are like, it's on, like it's it's hot and heavy, right? Like I think it's wrapping up. Man. What kind of muzzleloader did you get? A CVA? Yeah, CVA Wolf. Wolf. That's what I got, man. I, I have no clue. Terry yeah, stainless, me up. stainless barrel. I mean, pretty solid gun to start out muzzleloader hunting with. That's all you yeah, need, I'm excited. Man. Yeah, my uh, my little brother is wanting to get into hunting now, and so I was like, not a per. What a perfect way to like get him into it right when muzzleloader starts. That way he doesn't have to you know gear up with a bow or anything like that. Just get in there. And yeah, and try you to don't have to done. drop a ton of cabbage on like a CVA wolf. I don't. I mean, you bought one today, so yeah. I, I what did it run you? About two hundred bucks, yeah, two hundred bucks, there. exactly. And then with um, you gave me some primers, and then I had to buy you know, powder and powder. projectiles. Yeah, and I think my whole cost about is about two eighty. Yeah, three hundred somewhere yeah. around there. Which is solid. solid. Oh yeah, I mean that. That's cheaper than a good bow. So, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and you take care of it; it'll last you forever. Yeah, I'm excited, dude. Well, I want to get into our hunt this morning, man. Uh, Terry, I'm I'm gonna let you take it away and and talk about it. 
All right, yeah, so the spot that I, uh, the other night, pulling into my driveway, kind of shined a field and seen some really nice deer out there and went the next morning, got permission, and went and scouted it, found a spot where I thought they were going to be and put some sticks up and came back this morning and put the hunt in there and yeah. got to see plenty of buck activity and even got to let the air out of one. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Terry's first buck with a bow. Yeah. So yeah. it happened pretty quick. It it was honestly pretty cool because we, we got in. We were trying to get in about 6 o'clock, and by the time we finally, like, got finished set up, is it was it, about first light. Is, yep. it, is it still – so it's still dark at 6 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, – but how long do you think we were sitting in the tree? Maybe 30 minutes? Yeah, it was like 7-12. Yeah, 7-12. Before it started breaking. No, no, like when the deer came out. But yeah. like this morning, sunrise was 7.07, so like 6.40-ish, you had enough light to shoot probably. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and uh, we were just sitting there. We were talking, and then all of a sudden he just whispers. He's like, buck, buck, buck. <laughs> and I, t- I just turned my body around, and there's literally a buck probably 26, 30 by yards. By itself? Yeah, by itself. And uh, he's like, I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> and, dude, just like, I look over, and his hand's shaking, grabbing the bow. And then he pulls it off, pulls back. Most beautiful shot I could have ever seen without ranging it in. I mean, it was literally most ideal shot. Yeah, it took the perfect heart shot. Just How far was it, you think? Uh, about 30 yards. About 30 yeah. yards. Yep. Yeah. yeah, nose wild. He, um, he ran probably about 20, 30 yards and just stood still. And just blood was flowing yeah, out. Yeah, like I turned around and I could just see like every like second this just spurt of blood coming out of the side. And we're like... Yeah, that's a good hit. What yeah. kind of uh, heads are you shooting? Schwackers, son. I love Schwackers. Yeah. For no, the I, money, you can't. I, I'm I'm not going to lie, man. I think that that was probably like a good selling point for me for the Schwackers. Oh, dude, I know a lot of people that shoot Buckets Schwackers. of blood. Like, they do their job. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, solid, solid hit too, man. I mean, that couldn't have been more ideal. He probably went another 10, 15 yards and just tried to bed down under uh, some broken Piled brush. Up. Yeah. And just passed away, man. Yep. Yeah. Really, really good, clean, ethical shot. And yeah, yeah, it was solid, solid. The uh, and what was it? Probably about ten minutes later, um, we decided to grunt call, and snort wheeze a little bit, and see what we could get coming in. And then Terry grunted, snorted, and then not even three minutes later, the biggest buck I have ever seen in my entire life while sitting in a tree. Really? Yeah. Just comes a moose, dude, by uh, himself, and he, yep. and he was only a six point man, like so a monster six, a dude, monster, monster six, and uh, dude, did he come in like pissed? Well, it, he came in and kind of went to his scrapes that he. I'm assuming they're his since he went to right. them as soon as he yeah. came up there. He heard that grunt and snort wheeze and was it's like, like Who the "Who's f- in my house?" Yeah, and uh, but he never came any further than his scrape line. Yeah. He was just making sure that I guess that nobody had been in his bedroom and. He yeah. was happy with it and went out of the went out of our lives. Hopefully until this weekend. Yeah, I was fixing yep. to say. So if you had had a muzzleloader, it'd been oh, it would have been oh, game yeah. over. It would have been, been done. <laughs> I mean, he was just out of range for about. For, um, he um, the closest he got was about sixty-ish yards. Um, yeah, that's a little far for me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Thirties like, like pushing it. That's yeah. my comfort zone. Really, is about thirty. Yeah, I practice yeah. up to thirty. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. 
It was wild. I was I was feeling it, man. I was like, this is the day. This is, it's going to happen right here. Well, I mean, it sounds like y'all had some good action anyway. Oh, we had some great action. And then it was probably about an hour and a half, two hours go by. Um, we ended up having, was it three or four? four? Yeah, yeah, four does. Four does just ran into us, just randomly. One was and, like right under my butt. Yeah, it, it was wild. And like they came from uh, upwind from us. Was you packing a bow? Yeah. Yeah, you I was flying one. I was trying to. I got set up to, um, but they ended up crossing behind Terry, which was my weak side. And so I tried getting set up. I pulled back on one. She couldn't get comfortable. Could I, I didn't. It was not going to be a, a clean shot. So I was just like, it's it's just better that I don't take this. Right. And so yeah. Terry f- uh, flung another one trying <laughs> to get it. Uh, missed a little bit, but it was. Yeah, uh, it might have been about a foot low. Yeah. yeah, they what may is, have been a little further than I or? thought. No, mm-hmm. no, they may have been a little th- further than I thought they were. Yeah, but it, dude, it was it was a really really good morning for hunting. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I I can't complain. So hopefully Saturday we're gonna get back in that same exact tree, and he's gonna take that same exact path. If he does, it's it's lights out. Oh, he's yeah. strapping on the orange this weekend, though, boys. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pumped, dude. It's. It's that time of year, man. I know it. Like we're fixing to get into, although those public land hunters, the it's they probably hate this time of year. But the yeah. orange army. Evan yeah, called sure. it a war zone. He said he was done on public <laughs> for the next what two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, golly, dude. It will. It'll be saturated. Yeah. With people, unfortunately, but fortunately, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I predominantly hunt p- private, so. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm spoiled on the private land. Yeah, me too. How many how many acres did you say you had? About five thousand total permission acres between all, all the, the farms. Properties. Yeah. Gosh. I, I I don't know how many acreage wise, but I mean I got a bunch of farms that or a bunch of pieces of property that I got permission on that I've never stepped foot on. For real. Like I got a handful that are that I like and I get you know, consistent pictures. Yeah, yeah I, I was just, like, today we went and checked out another spot that I've had permission on for five years, and I've kind of hunted it a little bit. I shot a doe out there one time, and she ran all the way to the bottom of the deepest holler in Jackson County. Yeah, that'll put a bad <laughs> taste in your mouth. Uh, yeah, when you have to cut one up and pack it out, I knew right then and there that I probably wasn't going to hunt there a whole lot. <laughs> or it'd have to be a freaking to big be a movie. Giant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a big deer in Jackson County. There, and I had, uh, I actually had some pictures two years ago of a double main beam buck out there. Uh, it was a super cool deer, but never seen him after that. We got a farm in Granville. I'm telling you, man. It's wildlife galore. For real. Oh, yeah. How often are you hunting it? I mean, I've hunted it a lot my whole life. I ain't hunted it a lot the last two or three years. How many other people hunt it? Nobody, just me and my dad. And Golly, dude, you got to get out there. There's no telling cousin, what's on Little it. cousins every now and again. Oh, I mean, it's not uh, – I mean, there's obviously there's deer that live there, but it's more of like a travel uh-huh. corridor than anything. Yeah. You know, like r- right now, the rut starting. Dude, it's – it's. Uh, I mean, there ain't no, you can see 10 different bucks a day if it's hot. Well, just send me the coordinates. I'll take care of it for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's up to me, I would. We'll we'll, we'll try to figure Let's this out. Let's talk to Pat. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, something else I want to talk about. You're not just a buck hunter. 
you are a duck hunter as well. Yeah, I started hunting as pretty much a deer hunter only, doing a little upland hunting. Uh, in the last few years, I started waterfowl hunting, and it has completely consumed my hunting career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I'm like, and that's part of the reason, you know, the buck I shot today, I'm super happy about him. You know, most people yeah. probably wouldn't be super happy about him, but for me, it's about filling those tags before duck season starts because I know once duck season starts, yeah, you're not catching once me in that a deer woods. Once that switch is flipped, it's... Yep. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, I've heard a lot of similar situations. I got a buddy that's pretty you know, predominantly turkey and deer hunter. Yeah. And he's gotten into waterfowl the last year or two. Like Terry said, once waterfowl season gets here, it's a switch. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what's your deal? Well, like, like dude, my, going my to first duck ducks. hunt, I went out on Dale Hollow and killed a golden eye. was my very first duck. And I was like, this is pretty cool. And then the ne I didn't get to hunt the rest of that season. And then the next year, like the early goose season, I just happened to get this idea. I was like, you know, I kind of want to go goose hunting. And one of my wife's friends, her uncle had a pond and it had like 60 geese sitting on it. And I was like, well, can I hunt them? And they, they give us permission. And the very first shot that I fired out of my new shotgun that I bought for duck hunting, because, you know, when you get into duck hunting, you got to go spend a ridiculous amount of money on all <laughs> That's the what gear. everybody says. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. But the very first shot I fired out of it, I killed my first goose. And then that same day, we killed a goose banded in Fort Severn, Ontario, Canada. And when you get to learn that migration path and all the cool things that those birds are doing, and, like, right. that's just, to me, that's super cool. You know, with a deer they pretty much live within a certain square mile radius. Yeah. They only see a certain amount of things where, you know, these birds are flying from freaking Fort, Canada. Fort, Fort Severn, Canada and coming down here. So it's, it's just cool knowing what they've done. Yeah. That's crazy. The, uh, have you guys seen that pond that's like radioactive or oh, has like, yeah, it's got like yeah. acid in it. And th there's, uh, some people that work for their wildlife, uh, they association yeah, yeah they sit wild. there and they literally they've got like 50 cals 270s a bunch of just giant rifles and they just sit there and all they do is just shoot at the water to try to make sure that birds don't land in the pond you ever that's, seen this no i think oh, i have dude, seen that's that yeah, the, um, they got like sound machines too yeah, yeah they got like sound machines they've got drones like crazy equipment just and their whole job is just to make sure that migratory birds don't land in the water that's insane. Yeah. And, that's an and, awesome job. Yeah. Sign I, me dude, up. It'd be boring now. Yeah. It, it, Vice did a documentary on it. I'll have to send it to you. It's it's either Vice or Vox. So why? Can you remember why it's radioactive? It's so it's... um They have like a spill the mines, or... A, the yeah, there was like... It was, off and, yeah, it's either radioactive or acidic. I can't remember. But um I think it's acidic. But it was like a lime mine or something. Yeah. And... Because Either way, it's, just, it's toxic. Yeah, it's very toxic for, uh, I was about to say birds. dogs, but birds. Probably yeah. dogs, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anybody, yeah. really. But um, but literally, these guys' job is just to sit there and make sure that they don't land. And I can't remember exactly, but I want to say it was like if they're in the water for more than like, it's like 15, 20 minutes or something like that, that the bird, bird will die. Wow. And so that's literally just their whole job. 
And then these guys are obviously big duck hunters as well, so they're tracking everything and then on the side go to a different property. But well, we know these guys land right over there at that pond because we scared them off of here. So tomorrow morning we're all off, guys. Let's yep. go over there. You guys make sure to shoot at daylight that way. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, probably that's what they cool. do. I, I mean, if I if that was my job, that's that's what I would be doing as well for sure. But yeah, um, man, everybody that goes duck hunting that ain't never been says the same thing i've never been oh yeah if you don't want to be a duck hunter don't go i've never been because (laughs) like i'm from morristown which is like east of knoxville about Mm -hmm. an hour yeah ain't no ducks out there move move your mic (laughs) and uh the uh they say something about flight patterns like they don't fly over the mountains in the smokies because it's only like 30 minutes from my house you're right in appalachia Mm -hmm. so like if you want to drop $75 to not go see a duck on Cherokee Lake, then do it. Might but have some resident geese. That's what they say. Basically, everybody that goes out there kills geese. They don't really kill ducks. That's what they say, at least. So Yeah. yeah. I've always heard there's ducks in West Tennessee, but I don't, I don't know that to be. Yeah, but. See, because, you know, I've always heard Arkansas was like the Mecca, but everybody that, like, hardcore duck hunter that I've talked to is like Illinois. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Kansas is becoming the mallard Kansas. capital. That's and the reason they all say is because you know by the time they get to Arkansas, dudes have been shot at. They're freaking starved to death and everything <laughs> else. Yeah. So the flight patterns do they change? Is it like no? A- they pretty much have a few flyways across the United States, and like that's where the main. Is it instinctual? I, I'm assuming so, or because. I don't know why else they would do it. Right. You know, it's just uh, some kind of natural thing clicks in their brain says, hey, it's going to be it's gonna be warmer down there than it is here, so let's oh, go. I'm... And uh, But, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like last year I went out on a snow goose hunt in Arkansas, win Arkansas, and, you know, driving in, pulling into the lodge, there was probably 1,500 snow geese sitting on Good. this one field. And I'm, like, jacked up. I was like, this is at the lodge? There's 1,500 birds sitting out here? And uh, the guide gets there, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, are these the birds we're going to hunt? And he's like, no. He's like, that's not enough. I was like, what? "What?" And uh, he, he said it was a half-million bird feed. What the heck? Yeah, it was like a 600-acre field, and when we went and watched it the night before, it was just white. Oh, my god! It, it was one of the most amazing Literally, things. They're all wild. Yeah. Yeah, and then when they they all like took off at the same time when they were going back oh, to dude, their, I bet that was wild to watch. I've got some cool video of it. Yeah, you'll yeah. have to show me. But like when they were leaving there Probably to go back cool to sound. roost, and well, snow geese are very noisy. Like it's they're like more high pitched than like a yeah, Canadian yeah, goose. Yeah, it's got a weird sound to it. But they're pretty. They're they, beautiful. It after you go on a snow goose hunt though, you never want to hear another one again because we have Fox Pro callers running wide open with snow goose sounds it's the only waterfowl hunting in the u.s that you're allowed to use electronic calling i didn't know that uh yeah well they have a conservation season and basically the conservation season is exactly that they're trying to kill as many snow geese as they can because they're wiping out the tundra and oh wow yeah so the whole thing is like save the tundra yeah. You know, and so they, by wiping out are they just eat foraging yeah, all the yeah, plants just, or? just eating everything man oh golly heck yeah. So it's a big, like, population control issue. Oh, yeah. Are yeah. snow goose good to eat? A lot of guys say they aren't, uh, but I'll tell you, the ones that I brought home and ate were way better than our local Canada geese. Yeah. So I'll 
take all the snow geese if anybody doesn't want them. Yeah. Heck yeah. I've never had it before, so I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'll give it's, it a shot. it's really good. Yeah. So is there like a speckled belly goose? Yeah, yeah. So something? specks, they've got... That, uh, that's different than a snow yeah, goose. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that you got to watch out for when you're snow goose hunting, because the conservation snow goose season is after all your waterfowl seasons have ended. Oh, okay. And you're out there, you're hunting snow geese with mag tube extensions on your gun, like running a 10 round mag tube extension. Basically, the only rule is you have to use steel. Right. Put as many shells in your gun as you can, kill as many of them as you can, and use electronic collars with decoy spreads of like a hundred dozen decoys. So it's a war zone, basically. It, it gets pretty Western. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, and they come in in these tornadoes is what they the spins, and it'll literally look like a tornado of snow geese as they're coming down to land in your decoys. It's it's awesome. Sounds Definitely awesome. one of the coolest hunts I've ever been on. Shot a case of shells in two days. My uh, arm was very sore. Oh, three, I bet. Three Did y'all inch, kill a bunch? So? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, three-inch number twos out of a 12-gauge all day long. Arm was sore. Lots of dead birds. Lots of cleaning birds. Yeah. Uh, that was the big thing. When you get back to the lodge every day, you had to clean them birds, and there was a pile of them. Gosh, that's wild, dude. So you, um, to keep going into duck hunting, it, when your season starts with duck hunting, we've talked about this in the past a little bit, but you have how many ponds? This year, I'm around 100 ponds. Golly. Yeah. And how many days a season are there for? There's 60 days to a duck season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. Uh, 60 consecutive days? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. When does that run? Uh, so you get to hunt them the Saturday and Sunday after Thanksgiving, and then they close it down for a week, and then it starts on the following Monday this year, hmm. December 5th. Okay. Yep. That's fine. But, so that's plenty of time to deer hunt. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I get it in. I mean, once then, the hot stuff's over, you. Yep. I mean, that sounds like ideal to me. It's my winter break, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be taking a I'd trip. Lo- I'd love to get into it, but, I mean, I don't I, – dude, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, it, you would start by spending a crap load of money. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, the well, first – I just bought – I mean, I just got a nice shotgun. Oh, that, for real? Yeah. But Probably it's a more turkey like, gun. It's a dove gun. Okay. okay. Well, that'll work. Like, it's a nice – Is it a 12-gauge? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Shoot three-inch? Yeah, it'll shoot three. That's all it's you need. a, uh, what is it? My brain just left me. CZ ten twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice shotgun. Yeah, it's really nice. Loaded up with some three inch number twos. I and don't know, man. Ducks. I'm scared to death. Put a scratch on it because it's so pretty. <laughs> My dad bought. He bought it for me. He bought us matching ones. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I just, you know, we. We're dove hunters now, ain't we? Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely are. He did. I wasn't expecting. I don't know that. if you ever heard the podcast, but I've dove hunted a bunch of times. But you know, this year kind of rekindled my fire. Yeah. And we'll see. Dove yeah, season runs concurrent with goose season for that early goose. Okay. So it starts on September. See, I told 1st. you. I thought they had yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So like the first of September is like a holiday for me. You know, like first thing I do every morning on September first, I'm going out going goose hunting. And then after I get done goose hunting, we go hit the public field and have a good shoot with my buddies. That's cool. Yeah. So is the early season and late season, how does it differ? Uh, so your early season, you have a, a bigger bag limit. You can kill five. 
Okay. Uh, and then in the second and the late season, you can only kill three. Okay. Yeah. So and that's three a day. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Is there a total number or well, just three day? Sixty days of the the season and plus the early season. I mean, you can kill that many a day, whatever the daily bag limit is. If you can kill it every day, man. That's like that's, well, a lot of that's 180, ain't it? I think so, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and then you figure it's if you if you have like just exceptional hunting and you don't live in Middle Tennessee and you've got access to a lot of birds, you yeah, can kill those three <laughs> geese horrible. a day, six ducks a day. That's pretty awesome. So you could theoretically kill nine birds a day. See, because I mean, well, and then you add hooded mergansers in there, and uh, what'd you just say? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hooded mergansers, man. Like everybody talks trash about them. Probably my favorite duck. They're dumb, and they always come in when you want them to. Oh, well, that's my kind of duck hunting. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to take somebody and you want to get them hooked on duck hunting, go find a pond that has some hooded mergansers on it. and Let them tear them up. Yeah, like literally throw two decoys out there and don't call at them, don't anything. They're going to fly over. They'll see those two decoys, and they're just going to drop from the sky, and it's going to sound like B-52 bombers just coming over your head. Gosh. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, my buddy that duck hunts, I was like, I mean, if I'm going to go, I'd rather go goose hunting. He's like, dude, they're hard to hit. And I was like, I mean, that's why I'd kind of like to go goose hunting because I yeah. think they would be easier to hit. He was like, dude, they're, they're kind of hard. They're harder than what you think to hit. Have you ever noticed when they come in, they flip upside down so they can see you better? Yeah, I see how they kind of. Dude, they completely flip upside down and flip back and look at what's below them before they land. Because, like, you hit them in the body, then you're not going to... Oh, no. No, you hit them with, like, some three-and-a-half-inch BB, they're going down. <laughs> like, 15-pound bird falling from the sky. That's what kind of hunt. The thud and the splash. Goose hunting is awesome. I figured you had to get out there on a head. Yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy offer to take me from Tech. I guess it was, like, a week ago. I didn't really... Say anything about it. I guess I got to take them up on it now because yeah. this sounds like my alley, you know? It's yeah. uh, like I said, though, if you don't want to be a duck hunter, don't go. Because <laughs> if you go and you have a good shoot, you're going to be a duck hunter. And well, let me ask you this, Terry. Uh, do you got a dog? I do. Yeah. See, I, I think that was kind of draw me to it a little, a little so bit. So yeah. back in one of the earlier podcasts, uh, Justin was on and he was right. talking about uh his first duck hunt right. and how the dog went and got him at the, so that was actually me that took him on that first okay, duck hunt. Gotcha. Uh yeah, so that was uh that was a pretty cool one. Hooded Mergansers, like I said, old yeah. old reliable. Got him. Yeah, they <laughs> sucked they, him right in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now he's like, when's duck season start? So yeah. <laughs> he's trying to get his deer hunting now, Roy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's pretty awesome and, and like I said too, having the dog and like what kind that, of dog are you working with? Wamrunner. Oh, I'm a runner. Yeah, yeah, kind of little unorthodox dog for around here. Good Every, retrieving dog, though. Uh, well, the thing I like about him is he's a really universal dog. Uh, he upland hunts. He he'll sub flood. doves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll retrieve doves. He'll point pheasants. I mean, I've I've took him out to some of the oh, res- some of the preserves and like he'll point. I can send him in. He'll flush, and then after I shoot it, he'll go retrieve it. So super cool dog to have hunting. Do you have to train your dog? Well, the good thing with him is... Some of them are just naturally... Well, the the pointing instinct, man, like, it didn't take long to to teach him, like, 
all right, this is what, what you, you wanted need to point to do. at. Yeah, because like he would naturally go outside and like there'd be a robin and a cardinal sitting on the the fence around my house, and he'd run out and he'd just be on full point out in the yard. And That's pretty like, awesome. Yeah, so it was just a matter of taking that and putting it in the scenario that I wanted him to use it right. in, and just kind of honing that cool. in. Yeah, I got a black lab, and I, of course, she's she just turned five, but. And maybe, I don't know, Terry may know more about this, but I don't know how too old a dog is to train, but did she, no doubt, if a man got a hold of her, I mean, she's super smart. Yeah. Super smart. Labs I think are she, smart dogs. I think she'd make a great duck dog for somebody. Of course, I'm not willing to give her up. I was but, saying, you yeah. giving this dog away? Uh, no, or what, what are she's, you doing? she's a smaller, she's a British lab, so she's a little bit smaller. Golly, she's got a ton of drive, but she's like on meth 24-7. <laughs> yeah, uh, imagine that amount of energy, but in a dog that weighs 80 pounds. Yeah. That's see, my, that's my she, Weimaraner. She might weigh like, she might weigh 40 pounds. Yeah, my, my dog is very big, which is cool. Like his first retrieve, like in the field, um, was a goose. I was fixing and, to say, uh, I would think a, like a goose dog would have to be a pretty, like she'd have boy. to be legged up or something. Well, it was funny, like it was it was a crippled goose and I sent him on it and he <laughs> he runs down there and like the, a couple of days before this, we'd been upland hunting. So he was pointing and I send him on this goose and he gets down there and he turns back and looks at me. Like, uh, do you, and then are he's, you looking and then, at this? And then he stops and pull, goes in full point. You're like, no, yeah. So, so I'm like beeping him. I'm like, rip fetch fetch and finally that goose tried to run away it was over that prey drive kicked in and he was like yep this is what i'm supposed to do so he high out him and it was over pretty cool yeah that's pretty dope (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's i'm telling you waterfowl hunting well my my uncle he got into it and he had a male black lab and he's one of his he worked with a guy or was buddies with a guy in west tennessee that uh fooled with dogs he didn't like advertise training dogs but you know he paid him to take his dog so they come back he brings the dog back after training it or whatever and uh they go on a duck hunt and he sent and my uncle sent him out there of course he'd come back with him with the dog and kind of trained him yeah on the commands and stuff and kind of showed him what to be doing and handling the dog or whatever and mm-hmm. he sent him out there and he said he sent him out there and the duck wasn't dead or as a goose or something, and it pecked him, pecked him on the head. Well, that well, the dog come back, and my uncle was like, "Yeah, what do I do now?" He's like, "Send him back out there." So he sent him back out there, and right before he got to him, he growled real loud and grabbed him. He said, "From then on, every time that dog would go get one, dead or not, he growled right before he got to him, <laughs> letting him know, like, yeah. hey." I'm the boss. Yeah, but I thought that was a pretty cool story. I was like, yeah, yeah, because he's like, dude, some of them things are mean. Like, they pick their eyes out or what, or drown them if you <laughs> well, got a big enough. So, one. like, you get sandhill cranes. And, yeah, yeah, uh, that's sandhill cranes have like this spur beak, and no, it's a spur, and they they've been known to kill dogs. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, like they they'll kick the crap out of a dog. That's why they call holes. them like ribeye the sky or something like that. They're delicious. I've never had the pleasure of really getting to hunt them. cranes. Apparently, S- so, Sandhill yeah. Crane is the ribeye of the sky. 
ribeye of even the Evan, sky. Even yeah. Evan's like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty bomb. I have heard him call that, Jace, but I've never really thought much about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very, very good. Are they meat. a pretty big bird, like their body-wise? Well, they, they're tall, but they they're not. They look kind of bony. They're not very heavy because, uh, of course, they've got to fly, so yeah. they couldn't really be weighed down with a bunch of weight, but they're they're a pretty tall bird um because i've heard i've heard them flying over and i've heard people be like oh they i hear them geese i'm like no no them sand hills yeah them shop holes baby so how long did it take you to learn every species of bird i still don't know them all (laughs) that's crazy it's like a logger in the woods you know picking out all the trees trees. yeah there's some people that just got a knack for you know yeah duck hunting being able to be like you know this dude flies over like mock one and they're like oh yeah mallard they're like well the good thing around here is you don't see a whole lot of different species like pond hunting you know you get your mallards you'll get some gadwall you get wood wood ducks hooded mergansers um you can kind of pick those apart from each other right uh wood ducks and hooded mergansers look pretty similar flying uh, so if it's dark, it's kind of hard to tell. But they're so, both legal to shoot, so... Yeah, yeah. And your hooded mergansers actually don't count towards your duck limit. Uh, you can kill two hooded mergansers a day, six ducks a day, three geese a day. So, I mean, theoretically, Golly. you could you could shoot a lot of birds in a day. What about teal? Do we got teal? Uh, we actually have an early teal season. Um, it's in October... Well, September, October, somewhere right there at the end of September. Gotcha. Uh, and it's we have an early wood duck season, which a lot of states don't have an early wood duck season. So we get the opportunity to shoot two wood ducks a day during that early season. I think it's only like three days, though. Right. And uh, you can shoot two wood ducks a day. You can also shoot teal pretty much for that whole week. Uh, and you can kill six of them a day towards a full limit. Um Two of them can be wood ducks. You can have four teal. So the teal are small and fast, right? They're very small and fast. Little blue bombs. That's what I've always heard too. Like, but they come in in wads. Like they'll come in in a group together. So last year, me and my buddy, uh, we were hunting some public land, and it had been full of wood ducks. And of course, we go back in there, and there's not a single wood duck. And we go to pack up. And he's Boom, like, teal, 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 teal. <laughs> and they're just like, come like flying in. And we ended up getting, we knocked four out. So well, that's pretty dang yeah, good. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. What the heck? Dude. So, um, I know a drought right now is a big issue for all over Dakota. the country, man. Yeah. The, um, Mississippi river, man. Yeah. That's my dad was telling me they were saying like, it's the lowest it's ever it's been ever in history been. period. Yeah. yeah. My brother-in-law, uh, works for the Corps of engineers on the Mississippi river. And he was telling me that this is literally the lowest the river ever. has ever been recorded wise recorded. Yeah. And then, um, he was telling me it was, it was either last year or two years. It was the highest it's ever been or something like that. So Crazy. just over the course of, uh, a like small period of years that it's seen its highest and its lowest. Yeah, that's that's wild. Well, good news about that is maybe it'll push some birds this way this year. Dude, they need that to would find, be awesome. Need to find some more water. Yeah, and, and but there's a lot of people just going back to your drought thing. Like my dad, he he has to travel the country for work, and he's like, dude, there's nowhere that the leaves are this pretty yeah. anywhere else. And I've talked to a couple of people that say 
you know, that live in East Tennessee and West Tennessee and like, dude, it don't look like it does right here in the yeah. country, about anywhere well, right now. Well, I stayed out in Gatlinburg in Cades Cove last weekend. And, I mean, the leaves looked pretty good out there, but I, I think they look better around here than what they did out there, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, like down in Georgia and some of your southern stuff, like it's – like they're gone. Yeah. They're just dried up, shriveled up, and gone. Did yeah. I tell you about the monster that walked through my campsite? No. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Why, here in Gatlinburg? We were staying in Cades Cove. And uh, so I get there, and I realize all I had on was my Crocs. And I was oh, like, gosh. man, I don't have any shoes to walk around in the woods and get firewood and stuff. So luckily I have my trusty hunting boots I keep in the back of my truck. <laughs> and uh, a couple days before that, me and Justin had been hunting together and sprayed some of that Seymour deer yeah. on the bottom of my oh, shoes. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm cooking dinner over the open fire. My wife says, she's like, there's a deer right behind you. Okay, we're in Cades Cove. Like, I'm sure there is. Yeah. She's like, it's a buck. I'm like, okay, now you've piqued my interest a little bit. It's a big buck. And I turn around, and sure enough, is like this 150, 160 inch deer Golly, 10 feet dude. away from me. So, like, I hurry up and get my phone. And I take like all these pictures, like, as he's walking through our campsite, following my exact footsteps. What yeah. the heck? That Seymour deer's good stuff, man. Dan DeWitt's got it going on. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I've got Seymour deer, Cooter Juice, and Rookum. Uh, yeah, and Rookum. My dad's I have, got I them haven't all used too. them. I haven't used them this season yet. Oh, they work. Yeah. I need to, I need to actually open the bottles and start they using do. them. I need to get some of it because where I hunt Kentucky, you have to walk like a mile all the way. Yeah. I mean, you got to make a big, like you basically get to the spot you want to hunt. And I mean, that's a lot of. So yeah, that's you're leaving behind, yeah. you know. So I might need to get some of that, you know. Well, he's yeah. got a he's got a pretty recent podcast with the talk about it out, yeah, outdoors guys. And if you want, if you don't know what it nothing is. about his products, then you need to go listen in on that because it is it's good, very informal. Well, if you don't know much that about buck that, buck kind of literally stuff. followed my exact trail that I had walked through the woods collecting firewood. Yeah, and that uh, Seymour deer stuff is like, it's like a comforting. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but he liked it. I mean, mm. he was like, somebody's been here, and this right. is cool. The amount of times that could have saved me is countless. I need to get some of this. Yeah, that Seymour deer stuff is like, it's it's used for lot walking yeah. to yeah. and from your stand. and Yeah, when we, when we go to trade shows, you'll have the opportunity to get some and talk to them. Cool. I'm excited yeah. for those. Dude, oh, Dan's a... Dude, he's a nut, man. He cracks he's me up. He's a cool dude, man. Dude, he is funny. The um, it was funny when we were when he was explaining how to use cooter juice to me. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna tell you this is simple. He's like, it's not crazy. He's like, it might be weird, but it's not crazy. He's like, go buy a pack of tampons, <laughs> go buy some string, dip that thing the the cooter juice in that tampon. He said, just literally just go around where you're hunting and just make a big circle and just. Let that tampon just go around on the ground. Same thing as a scent wick, but you probably get a lot bigger pack for a cheaper price. Oh, yeah. gosh, way cheaper. Yeah. Tampons and Ziplocs. I'm telling you, go listen to that podcast. Yeah, it's it's good. good. It's really good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, his his stuff is is good. Yeah. I mean, there's other good ones on the market, too. I've been using a lot of Black Widow stuff. Uh, yeah. And I've got like the buck lick butter and my mm. dad's been using some kind. I cannot remember. It's some company out of Texas. I'll have to bring it up the next podcast. But they got like some scrape juice and mm-hmm. some similar stuff. And 
I mean, he just got it this year, but you know, he's all high on the hog on it. So yeah. we'll kind of see how it. I want to say it's like I can't remember what it's called, but it's some company out of Texas. Yeah, I'm not sure. We've probably seen their stuff at the trade shows too. Probably. I can't. I can't think of who that would be. Well, that's cool, man. The uh, is there any other type of hunt you do? I know you're a big turkey hunter as well. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, if it's got a legal season in Tennessee to He's catch game. or kill it, yeah, I'm gonna try it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, trout fishing during the non-hunting season is my. That's, that's what game. I do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. You ever been in the Smokies? To yeah, uh, that's fun. You know, the, the sad part of it is, is the the first time we went, my wife was pregnant, and uh, we stayed at this Airbnb. The air conditioner broke at the Airbnb, so my wife's pregnant. It's ninety yeah. degrees. She's so not happy. Home. Yeah, so I didn't get to get to fish much then. And then uh, this past weekend, that was kind of my plan. I took my gear and was gonna fish Abrams Creek a little bit. Okay. And then uh, we got very cold at four a.m. Yeah. and uh mm-hmm. ended up tearing down camp at 4 a.m and oh, my gosh. wife was like i want to sit in the truck and warm up and i was like if i'm sitting in the truck i'm gonna be driving home yeah so we headed on home at 4 a.m and Golly. i didn't get to fish abrams creek some of those airbnbs and pigeon fours are here I, uh, n- nothing against airbnbs but from my experience <laughs> have you not had good experiences with it no so there's actually kind of even a funnier story to that so we get there and we have two dogs with us because they said they were pet friendly and uh, they neglected to tell us that they were going to have small goats and small children running around in the yard of the Airbnb. See, that's the crap oh, right yeah. there that I'm yeah. like. Now, I will say the weirdest experience I've had, um, when, when, when I drove to California, uh, we found a, an Airbnb like halfway there to stay at while we were in L.A., and uh, we were in Koreatown. It was a cool town. Um, but the weird thing was is, like, they didn't tell us. It didn't say that it was, like, a multi, um, like, multiple people could stay at that Airbnb. Oh, oh gosh. I stayed in a shared unit once. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a little. I can already tell where this is going. Yeah, it was a little weird. There were some weird people staying there. No offense to them, but not, definitely not my cup of tea. But we, <laughs> uh, we, like, get in our Airbnb. We unlock the door. And it's literally somebody's living room that turned into a bedroom. And so it was, it was a little weird. And then uh, we, like, go in there. We're, like, cooking breakfast and stuff. And uh, I, like, look around. I was like, I've never seen these symbols before. And then it, like, hit me. I was like, these guys are part of the Church of Scientology. Okay. And, and uh, the people who lived there lived upstairs. And they, like, came down, came down and was, like, trying to convert us to go and, like, to the Church of Scientology, they're like, it doesn't cost like too much money. I was like, yeah, I don't know if you've ever done any research into that, that, but it's, that was yeah. Leah Romney's got a whole series yeah, on yeah, that, about that. It. I did a paper and it was in high mainly like it. people that had money, yeah, yeah. Like actors and stuff. Yeah, they robbed them people. Oh, dude, oh, bad, dude. Tom Cruise. If, if you'll dude. just pay. Tom Cruise was like one. Oh, of the big he still dogs. is, man. He yeah. still is. Well, that pr- might explain why he's. For four million dollars, you can get to the next level. <laughs> yeah. He's a wonderful so actor, but man, he's nuttier than a squirrel turd. Oh, dude, it's wild, and I don't think that he does it because he believes in it. It's because he has very powerful people behind him. 
that are also a part of the Church of Scientology. Or he's done spent all this money and is like, might as well. And I'm, I'm turning back in. now. Dude, I'm man. all in. Well, there's like people that work for the Church of Scientology, and all their job is is to follow him. Whatever he wants, he gets. Whatever whatever he says for them to do, they do. It's the wildest thing. The um, there's a Joe Rogan podcast. The guy that's the current like. I don't know. I would call it CEO. <laughs> but the current, yeah, the current guy that's over the Church of Scientology, uh, his dad left the church and wrote a book about it. But that is a really good podcast because he talks about like how the church when they when he left, um, like he's not allowed to talk to his son. His son like apparently wrote him letters and all this stuff. Like basically calling him a piece of crap. So was his church. son still in the church? Yeah, no, he's still the CEO. That's what I'm going to call it. That's not what it is, but... Pretty much. It's a business. Yeah. 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 And the wildest thing is that the church is, like, tax-exempt. Like, they're, they're tax-free. Is that basically the only reason that it has the name Church of I think Scientology? So. I think so. Probably. And the guy that started tax it, um, I can't remember his name. Almost want to say Ron Hubbard. Yeah, what Ron it, Herbert or, or something like that. Dang, Terry knows a lot Ron, about this. Yeah. Earl, Ron right. Earl Hubbard or something. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Ron Herbert or something yeah. like that. It is interesting, ain't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I've so, watched the Leah Romney and a couple of the other ones. So, I'm like, man, like I might be pretty naive and gullible, but I'm but not. Dude, these that people gullible. are. I'm just be honest. These guys are dumb. Yeah, <laughs> so what it is. But um, see, I've just barely dipped my toe in it. I, yeah, I read a whole just paper go home, about put it. What Netflix, Church of Scientology, and just watch. Yeah, and look up some podcasts about it, and uh, it, it there's it's, it gets really so interesting. So it's like, is it even open to like the public? Yeah, no. There's a Church of Scientology like building in Nashville, like, and the craziest thing is they have like billions of dollars behind them, and they'll go and just buy property, and then they'll build this church. And, like, nobody's there. They just have it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Having that money, I mean, are they are they doing good with it? I mean... For Hollywood folks. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. if you... It's, it's interesting because, like... That's not good in my book. Yeah. It, it's very interesting because, like, people who have, like, left the church and talk about it say that when you first get into it, it's, like, very helpful. Like, they, they give you really good resources. Like, if you're having mental like instability and stuff like that they so they're suckering you in they sucker you in and they're like well if you want to like do this you got to pay more and then they're like okay well you've helped me this much i'll it's i'll give levels. you the money yeah if you want to reach that next level yeah, yeah. so it's like <laughs> it's a it's a business if you ask me what it sounds mandatory like mandatory tithe yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like a pyramid scheme <laughs> yeah. but so it's church of amway church of amway yeah you ever heard of amway uh uh-huh. The he said pyramid, so I thought I am why. The uh, I just think of like essential oils when you yeah. say pyramid scheme. <laughs> Zizia. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. But it's But just, anyways, back to the Airbnb. I yeah. had one one time on Douglas Lake. Love Douglas Lake to fish. This Airbnb was terrible. It had sulfur water in it. So we Oh would, my gosh, uh, probably stunk high. No, so we uh like every year my family and everybody will all get together for a Christmas cabin trip basically. Mm-hmm. Well, this happens this year and we uh have sulfur water, so every time one of the fourteen of us goes and takes a shower, the entire place smells like sulfur and water. You smell oh, worse gosh. after you get out than well, you, you did smell before you got worse, in. And then the it was supposed to be like a three like two night and like three three day, yeah. Three day type thing. I think we stayed one night, played our like Steal the Santa Claus game or whatever it is, yeah. and we did. It, it was, yeah. it was, 
not a good time. I've had some interesting experiences. One time we we, uh, booked a campground on Airbnb, and uh, we, like, double-checked the address. We drive there. This was the same trip, actually, when we drove to California. We were on our way back. And uh, it takes us to the middle of a suburb. And I was like, this isn't right. (laughs) I double-checked the... Uh, the Airbnb, and uh, I was like, nope, this is the right address. So we drove around for like 20 minutes trying to find this thing, couldn't find it. So yeah, we, so we, not starting out on a good foot. Yeah, and uh, we like called the number, and it like was an out-of-country number. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't pay... Sketchy. Uh, yeah, we didn't pay a lot of money, yeah, so I didn't really robbed. care. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so we ended up like calling Airbnb and getting refunded. And that same night, we were trying to find another one. So we found another campground. And uh, we booked that one. So we drive like another hour, hour and a half. Oh, my goodness. And uh, we get there. And it is a campground. But there was not a single soul at the campground. Was it no- campground Scientology? I, it could have been. <laughs> it really could have been, dude. And it, it was wild. But we were just like, well, did we stay here? And he was like, well, we've, you know, it's like 1 a.m. We should just stay here. And I'm just looking around, dude. Like, and, did, did you get like a weird feeling? Oh, I got the weirdest feeling in my entire life, dude. Were you like, dude? I, don't know. I was like, dude, let's just let's just go. So we left, and we drove another like three hours, and then got a Motel Six. Where was the like end goal for this trip? Were you just like, we we just drove to California? We when we graduated high school, we've we were, talked about this a few times. Yeah, we we just decided we were like, hey, let's just do something. We're graduating high school. We've yeah. never done this before. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, cool. and at the at the time, I was wanting to move to California. Thank God I did not. But <laughs> no joke. Yeah. And uh, might have lost you. Yeah. <laughs> it it would have been bad, dude. I would have lost myself. Is what I would have done. <laughs> Wesley in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. M- more so. Literally. Just like, yeah. Just Wesley in a big city that shouldn't be in it. But uh, I. It was a cool trip. We got to see a lot of stuff. Um, I'd like to get a redneck from California on the podcast. Oh, dude, I would I love know to. There's several. so many. Dude, being a gun salesman in Cookville, which seems oh, to dude, be where everybody best. from California is coming, they all come to see me to buy their guns. And how many day wait you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, none. Like, you come in, you pass a background check, you get to leave. Immediately. Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah. yeah, so so all the rednecks from California love Cookville. Well, the, dude, the podcast great, with uh, Frenchie on it, man, it, you know these. We talked about California mm-hmm. a little bit, man. It's just like it's a different world, man. Well, yeah, I had a buddy. He uh, he came and played football with me my junior and senior year of high school. Uh, we went like turkey hunting stuff together. He said that when they left, they left California, sold their house, came to Tennessee, bought a house for half the price that was double the size. Yeah, he was cool. You know, like he knocked the crap out of you too in football, but yeah. It was fun. We had some good haunts together. So. Dude, it's pretty funny because I play that uh, poker here in town, and there's a couple different bars I go to and play. It's free poker, by the way, just so the law knows. But um, <laughs> I, gotta, I just got to point that out. But um, it's really cool because there is a lot of people that play poker that are from California, and you get to meet a lot of interesting people. But when you get to talking to them, dude, they're the most diehard American people you will ever meet. Oh, there's some dude. troopers out there. Political oh, yeah. Refugees. Yeah, dude, it's it cracks me up. Yeah. And they're like, we were. I'll tell them. I'll ask them, like, where are you from? They're like, you know, just like Sacramento or San Diego and stuff. I was like, what brought you to Cookville? And they're like, don't get me started. <laughs> Every time they're like, don't get me started. How much time you got? Yeah, it it, it cracks me and up. It, if you put them all in the same room, it probably the the same reason story. is probably universal. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's that's kind of one of the cool things about you know. 
my job is I get to meet a lot of people that are yeah. into the same things that I am. And you find out that people from there, there's people from everywhere that enjoy what we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a Tennessee thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So how long you been working as a, like what, what would your technical job title be? Uh, so I'm the sporting goods manager at big R. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So all your hunting, fishing gun needs. Yeah. I take care of you on that. Yeah, dude, and you do a good job at it too, man. Thanks. You do a solid job. Yeah, try to keep the the latest and greatest in, and yeah. get people what they need, and yeah, yeah, it's uh, and get to talk about cool guns all day. So it's pretty easy. I walked in there two weeks after I came to Tech. It was pretty organized, you know, yeah, everything dude. you had needed. Oh I mean, man, I would, I'd still consider it brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just had our grand opening about a month ago. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's it's super. I cool. met Terry at Academy. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, did too. back when I started my sporting goods. I mean, career. that's been a couple years ago. Yeah, now. four or five years ago. Yeah, what were you doing before that? Uh, I worked at Academy Sports. Uh, sold guns there. Before that, I trained horses and that's worked right. at a worked at a horse barn and pretty much whatever the horse trainer asked me to do, whether it was cleaning stalls or riding yeah. horses. I, that's what I did. So what made you stop doing that? Uh, just back injuries yeah. and uh, just kind of got to the point where too much the physical labor. <laughs> yeah, 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 and not enough money for physical labor. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love horses I'm, too, man. You're you're fun. you're just as much of a horse nut as I am an F one nut. I know it cracks me up when I talk to you about it. If I ever come into some money, I will have some thoroughbreds. Yeah, like you talking racing horses or equestrian? Like, what are you thinking? Oh yeah, thoroughbreds, thoroughbreds, horses, man, quarter uh, horses, quarter horses, and like cow work. That's cool. Yeah, cow horses. Apparently, yeah. my grandpa's cousin. Stretch here, I know. <laughs> apparently, my grandpa's cousin had my grandpa's cousin in Kentucky <laughs> bluegrass. Now, uh, apparently, they had horses in the Kentucky Derby. Like, apparently, he was loaded. So that's what they did in their like pre-time whatever but it's a pretty cool story i mean dude, that cracks the, me the one that won the kentucky derby this last the year long shot yeah dude he got in from a scratch on friday morning at eight eight thirty nine o'clock yeah. yeah. wasn't even gonna wasn't even supposed to be in the race he was there as a sub what and the just heck? so happened got in yeah. and yeah. won and won what the heck? There'll be a movie about it. Oh, There's yeah. got to be yeah, a movie Disney, about Disney it. will have a movie yeah. about that. Oh, Starring dude, I've like watched Secretary Ryan Reynolds like or something. 67 yeah. times. Dude, you want to know something funny? What? I've never seen it. Oh, my. Great movie. Dude, it is a Miss great now. movie. So uh, how many years years ago it was that they somebody won Triple Crown or something like oh, that? Oh, dude. Bob Four Baffert. years ago. Yeah. American yeah. Pharaoh won it in 15, and then Justify won it the following year or the year after. Maybe I want to say the following year, wasn't it? Uh, I I don't really follow race. I mean, Bob Baffert was the yeah trainer. He's, he's the biggest trainer, yeah. But he's in a bunch of trouble right now over performance enhancing stuff. So over ooh. Medina Spirit, yeah. but that horse ended up dying. But yeah. I mean, he I don't know. I think he's banned right now from Kentucky Derby for a few years yeah. or something. Something like that. Well, let's, let's talk business. Like, how much money are we talking here? Have you ever seen? Have you been? Up to Millions. Kentucky and seen this? No, oh, so I've ever been through Lexington, Kentucky. Like I've driven through it, and I, yeah, like we a, drove through it. Yeah, and then we drove through Bowling Green as well. Yeah, you're right there. I was like, yeah, you were. Dude, this is like my homeland yeah. here. 
It cracked me up, dude. I've never seen you seen like seen you that excited about your wife, man. <laughs> For sure, man. It is like, a business. It's crazy how nice yeah. some of this stuff is. It's nicer than my house horses are living in, you know? And you think all these I mean the horses that have won the Kentucky Derby, however many that has been. Yeah. There's people that raise horses their whole lives and might not ever win a grade one race. Golly. Yeah, and then the offspring of the horse that you won with. that That's where you get your money. Yeah, yes. breeding fees and stuff. Yeah. So, like they said, it's a million dollars if you win the Kentucky Derby. Okay. But that ain't a drop in the bucket. With how much the sponsorships and the breedings. And with like how much are we talking for breeding? Oh, gosh. Like, are we about it to start It ain't just business? like an American thing either. Like, you'll got yeah, guys they, from Britain and. Yeah, Coolmore. Golly. Coolmore stables. And somehow they end up in Kentucky. Oh, they go to Australia. They'll ship them to, you know, the UK for certain parts of the year to breed. And Everybody wants a piece of America, just like to point that out, you know? <laughs> yeah. America. Japan, so. uh, Japan's got a big horse racing scene. For real? Oh, yeah. Saudi Arabia. They got a huge... I could see you know, something yeah. about Japan that surprised me is they're bass fishing. Dude, they, the biggest is like it the biggest? 20, bass? Yeah, I think it is the world record, like twenty something pounds. Yeah, it Japan. is wild. I yeah, like, and, like and Japanese like they have some very crazy specialty lures that come from Japan. Takahiro uh, Mori, he come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then cool like stuff. of course Shimano reels, yeah. which I consider to be the best reels. I mean, I've got one of his reels. Yeah, they're they're they made bicycle Japan. parts. Smooth. They what? They make bicycle parts. Yeah, I, yeah, I've seen it on, but I don't know if it's the same. I don't know, I if it's know the I've same seen it on a bicycle. It's like Yamaha; they make trombones and four wheelers. You know, yeah. <laughs> Garmin, Garmin makes watches, and they make the um, all the stuff. They make, about yeah, they make great they watches. Make dog too. collars, <laughs> oh, shot collars. <laughs> they make, yeah, yeah. I'm a sport dog man when it comes to my dog devices. Yeah. My brother's wanting a plot hound right now, and my mom's trying to point out to him: you got to get the collar, you got to get all the good stuff for it. And, I used to be huge in coon hunting. Yeah. When I was I in high go. school. Yeah, that's all my father-in-law. I mean, he's... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've talked about yeah. this. Yeah, he's big-time coon hunter. Hunts yeah. those PKC hunts. It's pretty crazy. So he's he's made money off of it, too. Hasn't oh, he? yeah. yeah. PKC is like where you make... That's they got like, truck hunts and all well, kinds of stuff. That was today, the restaurant we ate lunch in. They've actually got a picture of my father-in-law on the wall and the truck that he won. That's cool. Yeah. I used to go every... Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. whatever yeah, Thanksgiving it was. Eve. Yeah, we them. used to go every like every. It was on the schedule like every year until mom found out we ended up in a pot field one time, and that put the end <laughs> of that. But yeah, it was fun. Don't <laughs> last it, you know. That's funny. Yeah, dude. I've never been coon hunting. Dude, it's fun. It's it fun. is a blast. Look, it's fun. Hunting is not catch and release. I'll start by saying that. And yeah. coon hunters are all about catch and release. They run the dogs to the tree. Yep, there's a coon up there. Let's let's go. If I pack a gun two miles into the it's woods, shot. I'm shooting a coon. Yeah. Well, I will. It's fun if you go with somebody who's got coon dogs. And okay. for a coon, for a coon hunter, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's a difference in. There's a difference having going on a, a hike in the middle of the night and going on a coon. Having a dog okay. that trees coon and having a coon dog. That's wild. Because. You know, my buddy that I work with, he he's an avid coon hunter. And uh, like Terry said, 
most of the time he just run and trim, but he'll shoot one out every now and again just to, you know, let them know who's. But boss. they don't they don't need it because they already know what they're you know they're coon dogs. Yeah, they know what they're out there for. Yeah, how much? What's the biggest winning your father in law's gotten? I'm not sure. I I know that there was the UKC World else. pays like hundred fifty thousand. Golly, golly, dude. yeah, yeah. I know like trucks, and I've I've seen some of the prizes, you know, for the PKC hunts up at a hundred thousand and stuff. I don't know if he's got anything. That see, crazy, they, that's wild. They got PKC, UKC, ACHA. It's just it's different just organizations. Different kennel kennel clubs. clubs. Okay. And they got like the rules made be different. Okay. For some of them. And certain breeds of dogs only in certain things, like certain kennel clubs don't recognize certain breeds of dogs yeah. or something. Like the okay. UKC, they got like they recognize X bred now. I don't know about the other ones. I don't even know what that means. That no, means like not a purebred. Yeah. We're talking about dogs or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could be uh, basically a walker mixed a with english dog hound. <laughs> so yeah. like what what does that process look like to to win a competition like that it's, well i think a lot of it is coming up with the entry fee to get in because i'd say if they're giving out prizes like that but you, you got to go to you got to go to qualifiers and rqes and all that and you got to place you know you got to get cast wins and stuff to be able to qualify. Yeah, see, I honestly know nothing about for the world and hunting. So All like, I know is so there. You're you're right. There is a process. Okay. And what that does is basic. You know, it's just like the playoffs in sports or anything else. Yeah. It weeds out the, you the know, wheat. the cream of the crop's going to rise to the top. The cream always rises to the top. Got that yeah. right. So like, it, what is not only that, but like, how does like, how do you in, not not just enter a competition, but like, do you have like certain dogs and well, those certain I, dogs so get like, scores? I or know, how does that work? Like with the bird dogs, you have to become a member of the kennel club okay. uh, first, and then once you're a member of the kennel club, I think you can go to like basically like your AAA ball. Like you get to go play AAA, mm -hmm. and then if you do good in AAA, they bump you up to the majors. Okay. Uh, so that kind. Well, of... Well, that's kind of how the. You know, you'll have your local qualifiers, and then you qualify, and then you go to your RQEs and all that, you know, your regional qualifiers and all that good stuff. But uh, when you go to the hunt, you know, usually you have a four-dog cast. Okay, so like four dogs. Yeah, and a lot of us know the rule book, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't been on a lot of – Okay. I've never been a competition hunter, but – you know, you'll have first strike, first tree, you see a coon, you don't see a coon, circle points, minus points, and then that's how you can so win. So it's like a point system. Always. Yeah, there's a there's a point system in winning. And, like, if the dog gets to – if you get to the tree and your dog's on a tree and then there isn't a coon in it, and isn't there Yeah, you can like get circle points and minus points depending on the coon being there or not being there, your dog leaving, and, I mean, you can get scratched. I know, like, my father-in-law got this thermal monocular – and because, uh, like, I, I guess one of the big things, you know, guys would get up to the tree in these competitions and they'd shine it up there. And yeah, there was a coon up there and it was a star behind the tree. And they said, no, oh, that was a coon. Now you, you pull out that thermal monocular and you're saying, no, there's no, no debate. No, no. There's, there's See, nothing. Now in that tree. there has to, in some kennel clubs, you can use them to find a coon in the tree in some hunts, but there's some where you can't use them or all the, Everybody in the cast has to be in agreement, and they all have to see it or whatever. 
Yeah. Like it's, I mean, that would be the only surefire way, really. I mean, the, you pull a thermal up there. If it's up there, it's going to yeah. show. It's, uh, yeah. it's a lot of knowing the rule book, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been told is that uh, my father-in-law is a handler. Yeah. But, uh, he knows, handler, he knows how to handle a dog. That's cool. And he know, I guarantee he knows that the rules like the back of his hand. Yeah. That's wild. I'll tell you this much. My uh, uncles, they spent the money to have like, like we were talking about horse breeding. They did it with a, one of like the world champions or supposed world champions or something like that. That dog was a bust. I sat there and watched this dog run for four hours. We didn't see a dang cone. It was terrible. <laughs> so there's like this huge controversy rumored story in the PKC with my father-in-law. He had this dog that he had won a bunch with and somebody offered him $100,000 for the dog and he turned it down. And yeah. uh, while he was at the world hunt, somebody stole the dog out of the dog box. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, like, there was a big ad in the PKC magazine, like, lost dog, you know. Wow. You know, That's wild. And, of course, they blood test them dogs. So, I mean, if that dog was ever bred to anything else, they'd... They would know. Yeah, they, they could trace him back. Yep. That's wild. Shoot, dang, I didn't I didn't know I was going to learn this much about coon hunting. Dude, you're, you're, you're in amongst a bunch of dang rednecks. That's right. That's right. That's right. God's country. That's where we're at. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, what what else are you guys looking for? We're, I mean, we're pretty much rut for uh for deer. Um, you guys have Jace, you have a target buck right now, or what is that looking like for you? Every every time this year, I I made a food plot. I paid somebody to go up in Kentucky and like clear out a spot that I could try to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hardly ever see deer moving until now, like yeah. all the big bucks. But I've started to get some pictures this past week. I was showing some people, and they're starting to move up there. So I'm excited. Like I said, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I think it's the 12th uh, opens uh, mm-hmm. gun season in Kentucky. So I'm going to. So that's next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. So I'm going to. I bought a 6.5, obviously, because last year I had a heartbreak before I had a gun. Yeah. Probably would have killed a horse, but no, I'm excited about it. We're They're starting to move a lot. So yeah. stay tuned. Look out for the uh, content because yeah. I might be on there. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be cool, dude. Dude, well, I've got Target Buck with with Terry. We've talked about him a little bit, Mister Cletus, the Trailer Park Buck, man. The trailer Park Farm. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm super excited about this guy. You know, he should have already been dead. He should have been. If we would have just had our bows with us that day, eighteen yards, head down, turn the opposite direction. Yeah, like he ten different been dead. times we could have shot that deer. Happened to me last year. Dude, oh man, I'll I'll never forget that moment. Literally, probably the most disappointing moment of my entire life. Well, it was funny. Like we were there and I was like, you know, middle of the day, well, late morning when yeah, we were there, yeah. I was like, probably not going to see anything. They've already done what they're going to do. Yeah. And we walk out into the CRP field and I look up and I seen, I can't remember if it was the doe first or that smaller mm-hmm. spike that was with him. And I was like, Oh, look at the deer. And then I noticed it was the 11 pointer. Yeah. And I was like, there he is. And right then and there, he said, his name's Cletus. Yeah. The trailer park buck. It's just fitting. You mentioned earlier you got you got a lot of acres. You said like 5,000? Yeah. yeah how, many, how many camps would you say you have out? A rough average. Not enough. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, I I probably would like to double what I've got now. Yeah. I, I mean, there's only – so the farm that Cletus is on, 
uh, that's like my primary farm yeah. that I hunt. Uh, and I, I run four cameras on that farm. Um, and it's only 60 acres on that side of the road that I hunt. Uh, and it, the, the four cameras cover it pretty well. Um, then I've got uh, a friend of mine's hunting on a place with me, and we've got a couple cameras on it. Um, and it's only like a 15 acre spot, but sure. it's just a really good Gold cut mine, through yeah. spot. Yeah. Um, so probably around 10 cameras yeah. we're running, but I've got, like I said, the one place we went to today, yeah, it's over 4,000 acres behind this that I've had permission on. It's so steep and stuff. Like if I ever go hunt that, it's going to be a whim. It's going to be yeah. one of those things. Like I haven't seen anything on my farms where I've got the cameras and then I'm just going to truck it in there and yeah. try to, well, I mean, the farm we hunted today, I mean, yeah. I, I got permission on it four days ago. Yeah. Uh, never ran a camera over there, you know, but went based on seeing that one deer I seen from the road and went and did a little scouting. And that's what's good about saddle hunting. You can do that. You, you ain't, I mean, it takes 15 minutes to get well, set up. You know, I, I was a yeah. hardcore hang on stand guy, you know, like I, I was like, I only need one spot to hunt. I'm going to pick the best spot on this farm. And every year I'd be sitting there in that tree and it'd either be archery season and they'd skirt me at 60 yards or it'd be muzzleloader season and they'd stay at 150 or 200 yeah. through some thick stuff. And it's like, man, tomorrow I would really like to be over there. Yeah. But yeah, with a, with those, even with those hang on stands, the, the permanent sticks that I was kind of using at that yeah. time, it wasn't happening. I wasn't yeah. pulling it down and moving it over there and, now just being able to say, you know, that tree right there is where that deer walked under this morning. I'm That's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there tomorrow morning. Yeah, wait yeah. on him. It's pretty awesome to be able to do. Not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And this is your first season saddle hunting too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, my first sit in a saddle was that. I don't know if yeah. it was the opening of archery or what. It was what? about a weekend, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah that. Uh, Brought it there that morning. I had never even sat. Yeah, I was literally, I was literally explaining how to use it right before we got in the tree. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah got in the tree, sat in it, and I was like, "Yep, this is this is for me." Yeah. And uh, do you now, use the XC or do you the yeah, yeah? I've got the XC. And uh, but the one thing I am glad of is getting rid of that platform I was standing on this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You couldn't shift your weight on this thing. I was squeaking like, like a mofo, man. It was man. so <laughs> it was what was that? fun. Dude, uh, it was a... It's a hawk. Yeah, it was a hawk. It was the only thing I could get at the time, and yeah. uh, but now I got me that new mini seeker. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about getting to rock that the next yeah. next sit. Pulled the, pulled the hawk off of the sticks today and passing it on to somebody else and... Letting telling them, them telling it. them to put some stealth <laughs> strips on it. Yeah, uh, yeah because it's sure. it's going to need some stealth strips. Yeah, probably uh, some grip tape too. Yeah, definitely some grip tape. That top is slick. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it served its purpose yeah. for a while. I needed it, um, and, and it's I'm, a I'm, really good budget. Oh yeah, yeah, no well. doubt. I mean, I would rather spend my money on getting the right ropes and and yeah. saddle and and being safely tied to that tree, yeah. and you can kind of skimp on that platform a little bit to start out. Yeah. And, you know, I've, but the new platform having those little nice. knobs on the top of it my yeah. feet aren't going to slide off of it and justin hooked me up with that uh am steel daisy chain yeah so i'm i'm kind of excited to see how that daisy chain is going to work on that dude they work really well it's super nice the um it was pretty funny this morning while we were hunting uh both terry and i have uh really bad allergies 
and I'm not kidding you, it was probably like 7.05, man. I sneezed so loud it echoed. <laughs> echoed all down through the holler. Like all you could hear was just this big I, sneeze. I, dude. And like five minutes later, I shoot the buck. Yeah, literally. I was like, the hunt's over. That's literally what I said. It's I was like, we're not. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then Dude, 10 so minutes funny. after that, that bigger buck come in. We're yeah. like, okay, well, maybe we need to be. I, well, what I said to him, I was like, deer sneeze too, man. Yeah. Yeah. I sneezed last year and I had a coyote run to my tree. That sucker about <laughs> died. He about caught one. Not going to lie. Dude, it was, it was super funny. It, uh, that's probably the loudest I've ever been in a tree, just with the squeaking, with us like sniffling, blowing our nose, everything. But still had some really good action today, yeah. man. Yeah. I think that's just proof to me that um, I probably shouldn't care as much as I do right now. Well, we had really good wind. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, our wind was the, really this good. Morning, and I, Super I, calm. And they were kind of doing some logging there in the front mm-hmm. of that property. So I think our noise might have blended in with, yeah. with some of that. And Yeah, no, it was, it was a good hunt, man. Well, Hunter, um, what are you looking forward to, man? I don't necessarily have a target buck. I got a target size. Yeah. Hard but, to meet uh, those expectations. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm just, like we said, kind of brown is down. I yeah. might shoot a doe Saturday morning. Might shoot the first thing I see or I don't know. It just depends on how I feel. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Depends on the weather, too. It's kind of supposed to be warm. It's kind of a bummer, but. I don't yeah. really care. Saturday about the morning, warmth, it'll probably be a little crisp. But that, that rain's the only thing that's got me worried for these muzzleloaders. You know, you get that powder damp, and you're gonna. I'm packing my bow Saturday, so. Yeah. Yeah. 75 in November is ridiculous, though. It's killing. Welcome me. to Tennessee, man. Next day, it's gonna be 30 degrees. Uh, Just wait. That's it. That's I don't it. think it'll be as bad as it was last year, though. It was no. like 71 on Christmas. Well, I'll tell that's you from wild. the amount of fat that was on that deer that I killed today. If, oh, dude, that's so any, if that's any correlation to how our winter's going to be, we're going to have a cold winter. Because yeah. that was fine. I, I'm, I grew up in Pennsylvania and shooting buck up there and shooting deer up there. You know, they've got pretty thick fat on them. That deer I shot today had the thickest fat I'd ever seen on a deer. Well, have it you seen? I mean, the mash is unbelievable. Well, this year. and we were hunting in an oak flat right on the edge of a corn. That's field. where they're at. So, they're, I mean, still, they're still on oaks, I yeah. think. I mean, they definitely are because we still had six six different yeah, yeah. deer come in on us. And They're all still flying oaks, man. You all, you got on film, didn't you? A little bit. I didn't. I didn't get the shot because it was so like happened out. quick. It happened quick. Bang and bang, it, and also happened in the other direction that I got we were you. planning on hunting. But um, yeah, he stepped out of the corn. Yeah, it was wild. Like we were not expecting him to come from the corn. Yeah, literally, we were holding a conversation, and then I, he just like looks over. His eyes got real big, and he goes, "Buck, buck, buck!" Like it, it was a very quick situation. It's when you least expect it, you know. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, and and the side that we were planning on shooting on, like we could see upwards to about two hundred yards, depending on where we were looking. Yeah, and yeah. Really open woods, like virgin timber. Yeah, I mean, literally most ideal spot I could dream for yeah and then to see that buck man i'm still i'm still drooling over that thing man well hopefully saturday he's going down we'll just have to make sure that keep the camera over towards me that way i can get it on him and let you smoke your first buck with the muzzleloader and be a stud if i have i'm gonna bring the bow too if i have the chance to take the shot with the bow i'm going to 
but I'm also not going to leave without a deer on Saturday. So uh, I'm fine without with with leaving without one, but I don't know. I still haven't killed anything, man. I haven't either. I mean, I technically killed one, but lost her and You'll can't find that. her. You'll yeah. have that. It was a sad day, but. <laughs> you know, that's one thing I've been super lucky in. I'll knock on wood. I've I've never lost a big game animal. For real? Yeah. Yeah. I cannot say the same. That is number two for me. Ouch. Yeah. Did you see that deer that got posted on Facebook that, like, had been shot in the head with an arrow and survived? Yeah, that was, and like, in the middle of Nashville or No, no, not that one. This was one that this guy found dead, and he had thought that, like, he had been in a fight with another buck because there was an antler sticking out from underneath his eye. And he had thought that, like, another buck had broke his antler off yeah. in him. And the, when he took it to get it mounted, or European mounted, they're like, no, there's four inches of arrow going through this guy. Oh, my And gosh. where it poked that hole underneath his eye, like, I guess his body was like, okay, if there's a, a cuticle or a hole, we need to put an antler out of it. Yeah. And he just had, like, this one hook antler that came out underneath the eye. Mine was wacky. I killed... Uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you were kind of talking about this, or Chad won. It gets hit on one side, like by a vehicle or something. Yeah, the other side. It affects the other side. I didn't know that, but the deer, hopefully, if I could get a picture of it out there, it'd be pretty cool. But it's wild how that works, correlates. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty wild. There's, I've seen some funky bucks this year. It's, it's been pretty cool, honestly. Some, some interesting-looking ones, like 16-plus-inch spikes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that one we seen that day when we were scouting yeah. over on that backside, like, dude, it was. I mean, it was like a two, three year old buck, and this dude literally had like horns. Is that the one you yeah. posted the other day? Uh, um, maybe I can't remember. There was one that we posted, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty chill. So, well, heck yeah, man. Where, how are we on time? Eight oh two. Well, Terry, is there anything else you want to say, man, before we go? No, uh, just. Keep on hunting, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll land that first buck for you this year. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Check out Big R. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check out Big, Big R. R. Come Go see me. All our guns are on sale right now. Okay. What uh, What's your recommendation? Depends what you want it for. All right, hunting rifle. What do you got? I've got some Winchester XPRs uh, combo deals that have a Vortex scope on them. That's nice. Five ninety nine. I mean, Vortex Shoot, scope alone is 150 bucks. Yeah. I mean, so pretty quality rifle with a good quality glass on it and get you out in the deer woods. Plenty of ammo. Got all the muzzleloader primers and everything for this week for the season. Yeah. So, yeah, anything you need for the, the hunt for the rest of the year, come see me. Heck yeah, dude. All right, well, uh, what's your Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that? TN underscore shores underscore outdoors. Okay, cool. On all platforms. All platforms. Heck yeah. All right, well, I appreciate you guys being on the podcast. Hunter, it is great as usual. Jace, thank you for coming on. Terry, yeah. thank you for coming on. Yeah, man, my man. pleasure. So, uh, everybody stay safe. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.